you know, it's like, well, what are the relationships out there that I would actually want to emulate? There yeah. are very few that you actually see. And I write yeah. it in the book a lot about my therapist. She's a play, key player in the book. And <laughs> she hasn't, you know, she really, she's really helped me with uh, realizing, you know, there is so much pressure in our culture to find someone yeah. and lock it in. And instead of like, let me have a longer process with this so that I really you know, really know myself mm -hmm. before I, before I lock it in with another person. And she says really wise things like the two most important questions in life are. Dystopia tonight. Tonight. Oh, hi, you guys. Hi, what's hi. going on? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Just when you were talking there about break a leg, I come from a theater background. I went mm. to drama school and that, that's what I studied at university. And in French, they say merde. They say like have a shitty show. Oh, not like that's so shit, much better. It just means have a shitty show. And in Germany, you say toy, toy, toy and spit three times. Or maybe it's more. You spit wow. a whole bunch of times over each other's shoulders before a show. That's how they say break a leg. Oh, my so God. Go. I cannot wait to do a live show with John. Spit all over this guy. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I, I don't know <laughs> the origins, but just an interesting little fact. That's pretty cool, though. I had no idea. I like the the Mared thing, though, because I feel like I like the pet. Like uh, whenever uh, my buddy and I go on the road together, she and I like literally before we go on stage, we'll be like, this is going to fucking suck. <laughs> like every time and it, and it never really does it's always like really great but we immediately have this like okay where are the exits and should we get yeah. the car going and it does um, something psychically good i think to say to yourself just have a shitty show yeah just go out there and be terrible it takes yeah. the pressure off in a really yeah. good way it kind of gives you like a fuck it attitude mm -hmm. that i think is just really useful as a performer to get you out of that like like me please like me do you like yeah. me um which yeah. you know I don't know. I, I don't know if if male performers struggle with it as much. And I think, I don't know, comedians in particular seem to be able to have a healthy amount of contempt for audiences. Yeah. But I think, you know, theater performers in particular can really suffer from the like, do you like me? Am I doing mm -hmm. it right for you? And um, yeah. I found it very useful. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, it, It's weird. Like I, I when you talk to comedians and stuff like that, everybody's kind of almost got the same kind of feeling or they're lying to themselves like normally you know what i mean like like i'm i will fully admit like right before 30 seconds before going on stage my brain just is like who the fuck do you think you are and then i'm like oh god i don't know but you have to like block that out and like go and do it and once you hit the stage it's totally fine but yeah like every fiber of your being is basically like you don't have to do this yeah, yeah. <laughs> um as much as you want to do it i know and you think like i could literally be at home lying yeah. on a sofa I don't need to do this to myself. Yeah, exactly. I could work a regular job. I don't have to fucking do this shit. But I, I it is something that like you just kind of get. I don't know. Do you ever get used to it? Do you ever feel like like I love the even trying to talk myself out of it? Like it's all part of the game. It's all part of the whole thing now where you're like, oh, I'm familiar with this feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think there is something to that and some weird form of masochism. I also think that maybe if you stop feeling it, then you need to stop performing because Agreed. it's yeah. It's lost that kind of 
magic for you. Yeah, or maybe not is... stop entirely, but take a break. Yeah, we had uh, we had Marsha Warfield on and she was basically saying the same thing. If you ever feel like you're comfortable, you need to stop because yeah. you're going to. And that's that's crazy, too. Like we we're just talking to I was talking to a friend the other day about um, basically like what you what the mentality is when you go into a club or any kind of performance. And I think if you have it where you, like for comedians, especially like I think if I ever walk into a gig and I'm like, I'm going to comedian the shit out of it. You know what I mean? Like and I'm going <laughs> to. I want to be a, you know, and you have yeah. that in mind, like you're playing the character of a comedian. It will yeah. never, you'll, it's self-sabotaged. But if I yeah. have this kind of feeling like, yeah, oh man, I've been placed in this weird scenario and I have to make people laugh for an hour. So don't fuck it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, then it's a little bit better. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Right. And is that the same for like when you're performing in it? I did one play. I did two. Technically I did mm -hmm. one in high school. I've talked about it before. I was a eunuch. It's not a big deal. Um, and uh, and uh, it's fine. Fine. I didn't go method. It's good. Um, and uh, but then and then I did one recently, um, a buddy's play in New York. And it was a lot of fun. And I had, a, I had a really good time with it. But there's no pressure when you have another career. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm a yes. comedian, I was just like, mm, if it works, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but yeah. it went well. That's great. Yeah. I think there's sometimes actors can take different pressures on, uh, especially that you want to, mm, I think when you're an actor in a play with lots of people in it, it feels more like a group effort. Kind of like, mm. I also do a lot of improv here in London. And yes. I, I think I experienced that, that feeling of like, well, this isn't really my main thing. This is like a thing that I do. Yeah. for fun so if it doesn't go well i'm kind of like well well and other people are like we're, we're terrible tonight um <laughs> it just doesn't have the same way like so like, are yeah. we not going out to eat afterward or what do you guys <laughs> do you do of course i'm like ashamed but i'm not right. ashamed the same way i would be if um yeah some theater piece that i was working on had a had a shitty night right. i but i think sometimes with with actors, it's like there's a desire to elicit tears or de desire to elicit a really profound kind of response from an audience. Mm -hmm. And when it's just kind of like coughing and sleeping, um, that's where the the deep self-loathing can set in and the yeah. real feeling of failure can set in. Yeah, it was it was a weird experience. Like I have I've never done a I, I never really wanted to like it's not I think I would be terrible at theater in general. I I, I don't know how anybody memorizes um lines and then does it live and then does it again and again and again and again and again like i like because i would be constantly worried about having it like okay so like having it down pat and being like i yeah. got this i'd be worried about that feeling of like oh we've already done this show for you know two months straight i got this and then literally just my mind blanking on mm -hmm. a part that i already knew you know what i mean like that would fuck me yes. up inside. i think that does happen to people like I haven't d ever done a show like this, but where you run, it's like something on Broadway or something where mm -hmm. you're doing eight performances of the, thing, yeah. of the same thing a week for a year right. or more than a year. I've definitely heard from friends that you get to a point where you've done hundreds of this show and you're like, oh, you're on stage and suddenly you're going like, I don't know if I've said that line. I don't know if I've said that line. I don't know if I thought it in my head or if I said it in the matinee. Exactly. I have no idea where I'm at, where I yeah. am. Yeah. Yeah. And then the weight of having everybody else on that cast, like your response, you know, you're the one that that, you know, bumped into with the tree that was, you know, that's not really nailed down or some shit, you know, and you're just like, yeah, it's 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 whatever. But when we were doing rice. 
you rememberize. You rememberize your stand-up, don't you? Um, yeah, I have. Yeah, I I do, but I get to mix up the order if I want to, uh -huh. and I and I like to play with the audience a lot too. So it never, I'm never beholden to really anything. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, it is. But I feel like if I fuck up, it's on me. Right. You're not see, letting anyone down. That reminds me of a story that uh, I think it was Joey Cola because he's like the busiest working man in show business was doing yeah. a corporate thing where he had to go room to room to room and keep doing his gig for different sections of for this giant corporation in different rooms. So he kept doing the same act. But he's like, in the beginning, I'm like, I'll mix it. I'll be, you know, I'll just mix it up and go through it. But he's like, I don't know which one I did. By the third one, he's like, did I do this one? Did I yeah. not? Because it's just a giant wash. Like yeah. in just a, such a short period of time. The only time that's happened to me is when I've been sick. And if I'm like, just hopped up on like whatever flu meta, you know, or whatever the hell it is. And I'll be like, Oh my God, my head's so groggy. I have no idea. And I'll just be like, tell me if you heard this one. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of appreciate the honesty a little bit, but it is kind of harrowing to be like, Oh man, I don't know where I am in my set. Yeah. I think that would be terrifying. Hmm. I've definitely had moments. Cause I, I, I make one person shows and I have definitely had those moments on stage of like, starting a sentence and then realizing I've jumped <laughs> 20 minutes. I now need to find a way to take a breath here and rewind wow. at, without hopefully people noticing. And you kind of develop techniques to do that. Like I'm just going to take a breath and walk to the corner of the stage and sort of put my face in the corner. And hopefully it seems a kind of meaningful gesture that people will infer some sort of deep, deep symbolism from and then come back. Yeah. But it's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it must be. It must be funny when, like, do, do your do your actor friends who, if they ever come to see you, do they know those tricks where they're like, "Oh my god!" Like almost the same way, like a comedian would be like, "This guy's bombing right now." And no one knows. <laughs> but they're like, "Oh, she's totally fucking pulling one over on them by walking to the corner." I think it's more like people who've happened who've happened to see it more than once will know, or yeah. friends that I went to theater school with, and maybe this is like this for comedians of the people that you come up with. Mm -hmm. There is no way I can watch anybody that I went to theater school with perform without being like, they're doing that weird habit. They're yeah. doing that weird habit. They're doing that weird habit. And they're just relying on all their crutches and then having the same fears when they come to see me. They're like, oh, my God, she's getting loud because she doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah. She's, you know, she's do doing way too much with her forehead and her hands. Like, why can't mm. she just relax? Her voice is like stuck in her nose. You know, just all of <laughs> It's a great way to say nasally. I like that. Her voice is stuck in her nose. <laughs> it's Very nicer good. than nasally. Yeah. 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 Um, Just that exposed feeling of yeah. ugh, people who know you know all the horrible things about oh, you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I used to have, um, and I hated this because like when I first started, you know, you would do, there's such, they're so lame, but bringer shows was like a thing. Oh, yeah. And they're not so much now because there's so many like rooms that people kind of work or whatever. So you don't have to do it. But when I started, that was like the thing that was like popular. Um, and, uh, but I always had, I swear to God, like a couple friends who would come and see me and I would just fucking eat it on stage. And then I would be like, and it would sit in my brain for so long where I'd be like, this is what they think I do yeah. because they were like, first times like, okay, he was just having a bad set, but because if it's a bringer <laughs> show, it is an event. Like they, you, you drive with them into the city and then you go out to dinner and then, you know. And it's like a thing and, you know, you're, you've got all these things you're juggling. And then if you fucking suck and the crowd's not with you and you're just not having a good night, it's over. So that's like the first night. So then they're like, oh, we're going to come out and see you again. It's like months later. 
And I, I swear to God, I had this one friend who I, every time she came out, it was not a good <laughs> night. And I, and I could, you can't explain it. Cause either, no. either you wind up in it. Cause they don't want to tell you, you fucking suck, but you no. know, you suck. So you're like, I want to apologize. And they're like, no, get out of here. And I'm like, okay, stop fucking lying to me. Uh, <laughs> like, can we just acknowledge that you're bad luck for me? And like, just don't, you know, but uh, yeah, that's always like a, a weird risk. And I don't know if yeah. you have friends like that. Yes. And you don't want to protest too much and say like, listen, listen, it's been a lot better. The yeah. other times it looks kind of desperate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I had a... coming to watch you work too. So exactly. you know, it's, a day, it's, it's a night at work for you, yeah. but for them, they're like, where's the parking? And oh, can I <laughs> do anything afterward? And... Oh my God. My, my, the first show that I ever made, the first solo show I ever made, I was 25 and my high school boyfriends, who I write about in this book, The Ex-Boyfriend mm -hmm. Yard Sale, my high school boyfriend's parents came to come and see it. And we'd been right. broke, broken up for, you know, oh. eight years or something like that. But they'd never seen me act in anything. His mom, to this day, I think, is like my ideal mother-in-law. We mm -hmm. just really clicked. It's one of those ones that you're just like, oh, I peaked very early with, with the mother-in-law <laughs> vibes. Um you're like, she but, got away. Know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really, if there's one thing to mourn, it was my relationship with her. She was one of these women who just, she had a drawer in her kitchen that was called my, I wish I had a daughter drawer. She had sons. And uh, she was so thrilled, I think, to have a, a young woman around. Anyway, she and her husband came to the show and, you know, it was my first show. And it was a little bit one of those things of like, I had good nights and I had bad nights. And if the yeah. audience was with me, it was really good. And we'd be kind of like in a bubble together and people would be laughing and really with me. And then they would cry when it got to the, the <laughs> harrowing part. And when they weren't with me, it was just this like terrible, cringy hour of mm. jokes falling flat and excruciating pain. And yeah. It was one of those nights and they kind of like, and I could see the audience in that venue and they kind of just like sat there horrified, yeah. horrified the whole time and they didn't stick around to say hi afterwards. And um, <sighs> yeah, I don't actually think. Isn't I've that the worst since. though too? Like you, you almost don't want them to stick around, but also when they don't, it still stings because you're like. Fuck, they really they didn't even want to lie to me. That's no, how fucking they were it was. so embarrassed by yeah. what I did. They had wow. to just get in the car and go home. Yeah. I've yeah. had somebody write and I told this story before, so I won't do it again. But I had somebody <laughs> write a note and leave it on my car after a performance. And it was it had to be someone I know because I didn't park anywhere near the venue. So they recognized my car and they were just like, and like wrote something really horrible. And oh, no. um, yeah. And the only one in the audience that night that he knew was his mom. Was his mom. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting. I was like, he's going to set you up. Um, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was, but it was, it was a weird, it was one of those things where like I did a local gig and I was still working a part-time job. So like all my coworkers wanted to come because I yeah. was, you know, they had seen my videos and they'd seen me going to the city and I was always taking weekends off to do shows. And then, um, you know, so they decided to come. But all those people thought I was going to do jokes about work. And then at this point, my I'd, I'd recently I'd opened for Jimmy Fallon. So that was like the first big national headliner that I'd opened for. So wow. I just came off of doing that stuff. <laughs> and then my friend's parents out of the blue decided mm -hmm. to come as well. So people I hadn't seen in a while were in the audience. And then my mom did come. And then her work, <laughs> and then her work friend. Yeah. And then her work friends came. <laughs> so then it was her and like whatever. 
And I don't know. It was just a perfect, like, just this cacophony of people that uh, I could feel the wave of disappointment as nothing was landing. And I, I don't know if I psyched myself out or whatever it was, but <sighs> it just didn't work out. It still sits with me today. I and, don't know how you did not hire a private detective and, like, dust that thing for fingerprints. <laughs> it, it would drive me crazy to not know who the note came oh, from. On I one hand. I saved it. On the other hand, mm. how cathartic would it be if your mother really felt that and then didn't actually, want to say it? <laughs> that would have been like, nice. Got it out. It's, written, it on her, it's written on her personal, uh, um, you know, paper, whatever. You know. Although I love you, I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs> no, it said um, it referenced a joke I did. Oh, no. And then said you fucking suck or something like that or whatever it was. It was it was pretty. But even like, I mean, oh, I don't know. I went out to eat with my friends. Like I didn't. I didn't take it to that much heart, but I was like, oh, my God, like that was that was rough. That is rough. That is I mean, someone going out of their way to leave you a bad review on your vehicle is really something. I guess the one good thing about that is that you elicited a strong response from the audience. They didn't just leave thinking like, Meh, you know, take it yeah. or leave it. It was like, I don't like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. John was yelped before I was, Yelp existed. Oh, my God. That's such a good point. Uh, yeah. They yelped me. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if comedians were actually on yelp or just if performers in general we get so much oh, shit God. anybody who's in entertainment now at this point and i know boohoo so entertainment gets criticized but honestly like it's annoying because you're like okay i get you didn't like it but also then just don't come see me again like don't, yeah, yeah yeah nobody's you know. making you engage with this there's yeah. so many other things you you know who gets it really bad i have a friend whose brother is a a soccer player here and everything he does is scrutinized criticized oh my god like, raked over the coals like you know the british football culture is insane and um oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, they, they like it's just it's weird too because you have that kind of arrogant thing as a performer anyway that you either have to some people are better at keeping it in check than others which yeah you know and i feel like we can always recognize but the craziest thing is is like when it gets to that point even if it's not about you and you see somebody else doing it i just want to be like dude you work at a fucking michael's you know what i mean like like you want to say it even though you know it's going to make you sound like a dick because yeah. you like you know how hard it is to put an effort to write anything to get it produced how many hands handle it you know after yeah after the whole thing so you you know there's this whole behind the scenes shit that nobody knows and then for them to just constantly you know pile on you're like jesus oh. christ like what have you done today yeah I know. I mean, Mom. I guess the one thing <laughs> this is not this is this is kind of serious, but talk about this with my boyfriend a lot. We were walking today and this cyclist like rang his bell. We were crossing a small residential. Street right. And this cyclist rang his bell and he was so far down the block. And then he started just going faster, faster, faster. And he's one of these kind of I'm sorry, middle aged men who's had a crisis and has gotten into cycling and he's doing all <laughs> the gear. And he even has like the balaclava on, you know, just like. He looks like he's going snorkeling, but he's on yeah, a bike. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those dudes. And he comes zipping past us. And I guess we both were making eye contact with him, you know, mm -hmm. not very friendly. But it was kind of, why did he ring the bell so far away? And so we're just kind of like standing there waiting right. for him. And then he passed us and he was like, how dare you look at me like that? But he said it once he was he was Weird. past us. And we both had this moment of feeling so uh, mad and offended. And um <laughs> And then we, we're doing this thing now where we try to talk ourselves down by being like, he must really hate himself. 
Unless, <laughs> I mean, you have yeah. to hate yourself to be yeah. a dick. Yeah. And so, yeah, when people are nasty online, that's also what I think. Like, you must, yeah. you must just be so miserable. Oh, yeah. That you're going to get your jollies from going online and being like, you suck. Yeah. You know? yeah. I one time I messaged a dude back and I actually asked him if he was okay and he wasn't. And I, oh. you know, I, I know. Well, I mean, like, he wasn't like, about like, he was like on a bridge, like writing me hate mail, but like, yeah. you know, ready to jump up, <laughs> which would have been interesting. I feel like oh, that's dedication. Like, you're about to kill yourself, but also you're like, let me just fuck they up hated this you dad. that much. Yeah. 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 He's like, I got, a, I got a few things I need to get off my chest uh, yeah. before I get everything else off of it. Um, but yeah, it, it, I was, it was just a weird impulse I had to be like, it was such a weird time at night too, where I don't think I was doing anything. And I was yeah. just like, I'm going to fucking DM this guy and see what his deal is. I think and that's he, cool. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I think yeah. It usually is a reflection of people's pain. It's just hard because it hurts to be on the receiving end of it. Yeah. It's more like, I mean, at this point, I don't even think it like, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I feel like for performers in general, you just face rejection and criticism so yeah. much at a certain point. You are kind of immune to it. So you just you just see it and you're like, oh, that sucks. But whatever, you know, whatever the yeah. hell it is. And especially when they're strangers, it's when it's like it's it was so random because it wasn't anything I had said or done. It was just seemed like he found it, my page and did not like that. I, yeah. you know, uh, existed. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like fuck you dude yeah and i was like oh my god it was weird and then i tried it again and it backfired horribly oh shit yeah because i was like i'm gonna try this again i'd be like are you okay and they were like this is gonna be my thing yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like really like great like legitimately crazy and i was like yeah oh, I, no. it was a one-off it was a one-off yeah oh, that's too bad it would have been sweet if you were like an emotional superhero like that would have been a thing i like to think of myself as one regardless of how successful it is uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i still wear a cape um, you were talking about your high school boyfriend though. Oh, yeah. Did yes. you and and because I have a similar um there's a uh my friend, like this girl that I dated, her dad is like always come he'll come to my gigs and he will literally towards the end just kind of shout out like oh, remember when you did the walk of shame, you know, from my house, and I'd be like, <laughs> and everyone else in the audience is like <laughs> You know, because no, but he'd get like, he's just a great guy and he's just super. Because it sounds like he had sex with you, John. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember that's when he did the too. walk of shame from my house? I think that's he would so stay weird. his daughter. But he went up, <laughs> that is weird. He came up to one, but uh, after the show, after one show I had, he had come to see me and he was talking to other people in the audience. And then he got to where I was. And then whoever I was talking to, he interrupted them and was like, yeah, he uh, used to sleep with my daughter. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> Are you like, what is your deal, dude? <laughs> like, why? Oh He's like, what could have been, right? And I was like, I guess, I don't know. Oh, that's She's... nice, though. You were the son-in-law that got away. Exactly. To yeah, He's I having the reverse like... of what I'm having. Yeah, He's that's like, a good oh, If only, if yeah. only she'd gone for John. I could have had this amazing <laughs> relationship with this funny guy. We could have riffed all the time. Our, he... our holidays would be so much more fun, you know. That is that's a sweet way to look at. It. Yeah, we did have fun. Yeah. We did have a blast. He, they're very like he's a good drinking buddy too, which is just a weird. He really is. Like he is always up for. Uh, he'd just text me randomly and be like, "You want to get a shot?" And I'd be like, "It's noon." Um, but <laughs> like, I guess I don't know. But yeah, he's a blast. But yeah, it's it's a weird thing. Do you still have like, um, like decent memories of the relationship with that person because I haven't I haven't gotten to check out like read your book yet which I apologize that's, that's fine but I'm going I got a to. huge question here go so for now, it. Yeah. originally 
I thought yeah. the ex-boyfriend yard sale was like you were selling your ex-boyfriends. I wanted to know what our price tags would be for me and John. Would we be in like the dollar bin or would we be in the thing that they can't touch? And you're like, oh, it's back there. That's the hundred dollars and more. I, I don't let you touch it. It's me. under Sorry. lock and key. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, that's a very good question. But the ex-boyfriend yard sale started as it's a memoir that I wrote. And before it was a memoir, it was a one person show that I made. And then I got a book deal to turn it into a book which has been very exciting but the whole project started because i moved to the uk from canada and within a year i was in deep credit card debt Mm. and i found myself on the phone with visa kind of bartering with them and they said like yeah we'll waive your interest for a month if you can prove to us that you're doing things to pay down your debt and i was like well i'm gonna have a yard sale i'm gonna (laughs) sell some things and then i looked around my apartment and realized the only things i could actually sell have been given to me by various people that I dated over the years. And so then I very quickly started thinking, gosh, but you know, what is this necklace that I have worth? um, Given that it's from the first person that I ever slept with, surely that should increase its value. But I told him I loved him and I knew I was lying. So maybe that decreases the value. But when I went to visit him, I took a bus and on the bus, someone had wedged a an exacto knife, like a box cutter between the seats. And I moved to get comfortable and the blade sliced through my new jeans, through the flesh of my bum, drawing blood. I was like, so I basically suffered a flesh wound for this next <laughs> So surely that <laughs> ramps up ramps up what it's worth. And then I interviewed, I interviewed some of my exes and this particular ex who gave me the necklace. Um, I've been carrying this necklace around since I was 19. And I've just been feeling like, oh, I can't get rid of it. He spent so much money on it. It's a diamond and sapphire necklace Mm. what what am i going to do with this thing and i interviewed him about it you know 10 12 years later and he was like Haley, i have no memory of ever buying you a necklace wow so i really got obsessed with how can you take into account all the ways we invest in our romantic relationships or not and factor those things in to give you an accurate price for the material things you're left with when a romance dies and so the book looks at eight different items from eight different exes and essentially eight different failed relationships to try to figure out this formula for the right. cost of love. So um, where great. you guys would fall on that would really depend. <laughs> on what we've given our, our uh, spouse or exes. Yeah, or what you've given mm. your exes and um, the nature of your relationships with them. Oh, man. That's a good question. Well, he's married. I'm he's not. new. Yeah, we um, both have exes. You, it's not like I do. No, 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 I know. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like doesn't like doesn't matter anymore. Like right. what, what you gave anybody else, it's what you give in your wife at this point, right? Oh like my you God. have to. What is like... she paying you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I got it all down pat. I know what it. I know what it takes. I'm not getting. What, not... what do you think of the adage that an engagement ring should cost three months' salary? Oh. I, I think no, it's crazy. I don't like that. I think it's bullshit. and it's a marketing technique, but yeah. <laughs> but um, it does. I feel like female. I'm not gonna. I don't want to put anybody in a box. But I got, guys, I gotta check out. I a good portion of people <laughs> they compare and mm. like they're like, oh, you know, this is this to your friends. It's the image. It's not. It's kind of like how. You know how you see yourself is not really how you're ever seen. It's how mm-hmm. you see other people seeing you. Yeah. Mm. So it's not for you, and I don't even feel like it's really for them. It's for their friends' judgment of that, which yeah. is weird. And now it's mm-hmm. to what you post on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's got to look good when you when you post it. I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with the price, though. Like I think it just I think it's a really weird way to 
not have to think too much about what you're gifting somebody, you know, to wear as jewelry. You know what I mean? Because you're just you're just checking off a box at that point. It's like, oh, it's got to be I, I met all the criteria. It's three months, whatever. If you get yeah. that extra fourth month then it's even better and it's a size. I love when people get somebody, especially I don't I don't think this is done for men too often. But when when what you're wearing kind of, uh, you know, I guess has meaning to it more than just the diamond or the cost or whatever it is. Like if you can kind of, it's got a cool engraving on it, then I, mm -hmm. you know, I don't really think it matters like what the, what the price is or how expensive it is. If it well, winds up being, you know, whatever meaningful. I think there really is something to that. I, I also did a ton of research when I was writing this book and mm. I, I asked hundreds of people, what's the most romantic gift you've ever been given and how much do you think it costs? And very often it was not an expensive thing. It was a thoughtful, yeah. it was a yeah. thoughtful thing. I, yeah. sure. I actually, I got the craziest story for an engagement ring. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. I'll, t I'll give you, a, I'm going to give you a real quick synopsis because it would take up this whole second half. But... Oh, come on. <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. It's, it's a tremendous story. You, we could probably write your second book with my story, with this one story. Ooh. So I'll just give you real quick. I Originally. Uh, you might not. So I'm very big on experiences and uh, like memories, right? So that's what I'm into. So I don't think material items are really that important. Anyway, fast forward. I gave my wife a book for Christmas that said my bucket list. So I was like, write in this bucket list everything you want to do in, this, in your life to accomplish, and I'm going to make it happen, right? Before we're engaged or anything. So she writes, number one was see the Northern Lights. Number two was be married to me. So I'm like, you know what? I'll knock out the top two. We'll go to Norway. We'll see the Northern Lights. I'll propose underneath the Northern Lights. And I've been asking her what type of ring she wants. Blah, 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 blah. So this cut, this, da, 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 this, that, this, that. And she had given me like specifics on it, yeah. right? So I knew. Now, fast forward. Now I'm like, plan this trip to Norway. I'm like, let's go to Norway this year. Let's go see the Northern Lights. So she's like, okay, I'm on it. And we're very good with traveling. So she says, you know what? My brother just called me. Can we postpone Norway? because I, he wants to go to Italy. I've never traveled with my brother. I'd really love to go on a trip with him. I said, let's do it. It's okay. And now in my head, I'm like, damn, now I got yeah. to pro propose somewhere else. But I'm like, you know what? Maybe on a gondola, whatever. Like, I was like, well, mm -hmm. it's not someplace we've been. Let's have, let's have adventures together. So now a week, a week before we're supposed to go, I have a friend of mine who's a jeweler working on this ring. And I'm like, we're walking into Costco. I'm like, why don't you look at these rings? See if, any, if you like any of these things. Just because I want to see if she gravitated towards what I was told to get. Picks out exactly the opposite, right? <laughs> of course. And she's like, no, this is the one, this one's nice right here. I'm like, that's nothing like you've been telling me for six years or whatever. <laughs> so, so I'm like, this is ridiculous. She's like, why are you getting mad? It's not like we're getting married anytime soon. I'm like, whatever. I We end up leaving the place, right? I end up going running back to the jewel i'm like listen scratch that whole first idea now it's got to go over into this he's like i can't make that in a week so now her brother flies oh, wow. in because we're leaving for italy we're scrambling going to jeweler jeweler she doesn't know this we're running everywhere trying to find the ring that fits more of that criteria can't find it nobody couldn't find it couldn't get the diamond in time all this type of stuff oh. so i'm like you know what i'm very big on the universe i'm like if it's meant to happen i'll find a ring over in italy right so we go over so we fly in we're going everywhere florence milan all over the place so oh. in Milan, I found one that I might work, but the guy didn't understand the exchange rate from euro to American dollar. He did it backwards. And I'm like, if this guy doesn't know this, this ring isn't real. I don't I don't trust it. So I'm like, yeah. no, not going to do it. Then we're in the Champs-Élysées, right? No, that's France. Um, we're in Ponte Vecchio. And she finds a ring that she kind of likes. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'll pick up this. But it's like a chandelier ring. It didn't really feel, it didn't have the feeling to me. I'm like, not right. Forget it. So now 
she's she thought we were in, in her head for some reason she felt like we were getting engaged on that trip right she said at one point we're in saint mark's square and i'm like danny can you take a picture of us and she thought i was going to drop to my knee right and she's like as soon as as soon as he took the picture like all right let me give me the camera back. let me see it and she's like what what just happened there I that was it. <laughs> anyway so now finally she concedes it's over the trip's almost over we go to switzerland we take a ferry back on a drive the car on a ferry go over lake como end up in bellagio go to a nice dinner last night out this is the fast version, by the way. So now, now we get to we get to this place called the Point. It's a restaurant right on right in Bellagio, right on Lake Como, and we're having dinner. We're drinking. We meet this random couple from Russia. The random couple from Russia kind of hits it off with us. We're all talking. The girls are getting along with the ladies. The men are getting along with the, the random men, but they don't speak English. We don't speak Russian, and we have waiters and waitresses translating. The hit the female on their side's like, "How long are you married?" My wife's like, "Oh, we're not married yet." She's like, uh, how long are you engaged? She's like, oh, we're not engaged yet. This Russian late, young lady comes over to me. She goes, you should get engaged now. I said, you're right. <laughs> Funny story. I was gonna, but I don't have a ring. She takes off her ring and hands it to me, right? She's like, it's not about a ring. I'm like, you know what? It's not about a ring. So I'm like, this is the universe telling me I should get, get engaged now. She goes, talks to the ways and waitresses. They come over. They grab flowers, put down petals, put down a linen on the floor. I get on one knee. Bang. And I'm like, wow. will you marry me? She's like, this is not my ring. I'm like, who cares? I was like, <laughs> we'll get you a ring when we go home. Who Do cares? you want to marry me? It's not about the ring. It's about us. So she, she's like, she was freaking out. First night she drank because she didn't think it was going to happen. And uh, <laughs> so we, I end up getting a blade of grass and tying around her finger. I'm like, is that better? Right. So because the girl was like, keep the ring. She's like, no, no, I can't keep your ring. It's your ring. It's bad luck. So uh, we end up coming back home. I let her pick out whatever ring, she, which was way easier. We went to yeah. a, play, a place she could pick out whatever she wants. I was like, get whatever you want and get exactly what it is, which took the pressure off of me from getting a ring. And yeah, that's how I got engaged without a ring. Wow. wow. That is Crazy. such a good story. Short yeah. Version. <laughs> <laughs> and how long have you been married? Um. Good question. Two and a half years, I think. And what advice would you give um, in terms of like a harmonious relationship? Just like each other. Like, don't make a bad choice. That would be my advice. Mm. I really think that's all it comes down to is don't make a bad choice. Like I, in the in the marriage or make a bad choice of who you're marrying? No, choosing who you're marrying. Oh, yeah. OK. It's not it's not about. Well, here's the thing. If you know who you're marrying and you know, and you're good with that, then you're fine. It's just mm. people, I feel like I've rushed into it. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I guess I got married way later, but I saw what was out there. How old were you when I you got married? I was 40. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah when I got married. Hmm. And I've been in a ton of relationships. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. I don't feel like, I don't think it's a, everybody always makes it out like it's supposed to be hard. Or, oh, wait till you see. Oh, you've only been married a year. Oh, you've only yeah. been married two. You're going to tell me this for the next hundred years if I get a hundred out of it. But yeah. yeah, so I was like, it's not that it gets worse. It's that if you stop communicating or you stop understanding each other or you don't laugh, I think that yeah. would make it worse, you know? You know my, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, you go. No, no, I was, I was going to say, I don't. I, I feel like I, I'm being interviewed. Go on. No, <laughs> no, no. no I was going to say, I, I just, I don't, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think there's like a, a small percentage of people that are very lucky when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think uh, a large percentage are just faking it uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, they have yeah. to do it or they, and you can, you can tell, and I don't even mean they're faking it in a malicious way. I just think that it's like, 
ingrained in our society and in culture and stuff like that, that you have to hit these points in your life. And yeah. then when, <laughs> and then, you know, because that's why people stay in bad relationships. They stay in relationships that are too long or they force themselves to pick somebody to settle down with. And then you wind up, you know, cause you, we've all met people before relation where, where, where we're like, are they, do they know they're together? Cause they yeah. seem <laughs> to hate each other. Yeah, uh, but I, I was like, you know, I love when I see people, you got, you and your wife are clearly a team and I like that. Yeah. And, and it, you guys get along and it's nice. I don't see that with a lot of people, even like yeah. people that I've known for years where I'm just going, Oh God, that's not great. I talk <laughs> about it a lot in the book of saying, of getting to a point where, you know, it's like, well, what are the relationships out there that I would actually want to emulate? There yeah. are very few that you actually see. And I write yeah. it in the book a lot about my therapist. She's a play, key player in the book. And <laughs> she hasn't, you know, she really, she's really helped me with uh, realizing, you know, there is so much pressure in our culture to find someone yeah. and lock it in. And instead of like, let me have a longer process with this so that I really you know, really know myself mm -hmm. before I, before I lock it in with another person. And she says really wise things like the two most important questions in life are where am I going and who's going with me? And you really want to answer them in that order. Right. Which I think is great. And then also, um, yeah, just this thing of being so afraid. I think it's so easy to be so afraid of being alone and mm. feeling like, but what if there's nothing better that right. people are willing to endure, willing to endure something that isn't really letting them grow or expand? Okay, yeah. so, well, final point. You know, the divorce rate, there's people say it's 52%, but maybe it's more like 40 now. Anyway, mm. it's a high divorce rate. Mm -hmm. But then thinking about of the remaining marriages, how many are actually happy? Right. It's a very small percentage. Yeah. And yet it's Completely something agree. that is so fetishized. Yeah. Um, it kind of boggles my mind. Did yeah. your therapist say anything in, along, along the lines? Because I, I do like I used to hate when I would date somebody. Not even hate. It hates a strong word. But it, I, you would date somebody or whatever. And like they would you get to a point where like you say stuff to each other. And I used to hate when people would be like, you know, what do you mean stuff stuff like what stuff like um you know, very sentimental or sweet things that I don't know exactly how much they meant it or if it was like whatever. But one of the Just things that used to be to like, a, yeah, yeah, one of the things that used to be like a semi red flag is if they had said anything along the lines of like, you know, uh, you complete me or you you were filling a hole. And I would hate it because I would almost want to be like, OK, we'll go back out and then become whole and then come see me then, because, yeah, that's not a good like you need. I, I really fully believe in being a whole person, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that I means. To that, that. Per but like it's a weird, you know, um, but also I feel like like uh, I'm not one of those people who um, feels like they're a lot like I don't feel lonely. I'm not. Yeah. Alone. But it's fairly hard to convince other people who are in a relationship, for better or worse, whether they enjoy it or not, to understand that that's not something that you seek. I have one of my friends who, like, remembers, you know, like we'd, like, dated in high school and, like, hooked up a bit or whatever. But, like, she'd be like, no, I know you. I know that you, you're a relationship person and you really want to be in, like, and a thing. And I'd be like, I, I understand that that's what I was when I was younger, but yeah. I don't, Evolved. I don't, yeah. And I don't, I'm not against it, but I'm also, like, not looking, but I also worry and wonder mm -hmm. if the longer I am like this, <laughs> is it just, is it hard to shift gears back yes. into it is. Yeah. I think so. Well, I, I 
I, I have always really struggled with relationships. Hence mm -hmm. why I wrote a book about them. Um, yeah. I've always been a really romantic person, but I think I've always also held some belief in me that a relationship was going to ruin my life and make yes. it so that I never got to do the things that I wanted to do. It was going to be Agreed. this horrible compromise. So I'm 36 now. And through my 20s, I had tons of long distance relationships mm -hmm. or I would go out with people who were kind of emotionally unavailable or... <clears throat> I created all these ways to sort of half be in relationships. Yeah. And then yeah, I write about it in the book, like finally being able to end an on and off saga with someone in another city after mm. four and a half years and get it. And with God, thank God I could afford <laughs> and with the help of a therapist, really realizing <laughs> like, <clears throat> you know, there's codependence mm. and then there's independence. And I was so far on the independent side. And now I'm trying to move with my boyfriend that I have now, who's absolute sweetie. Um, trying to move towards this thing called interdependence where you are two mm. individuals who have like a very healthy symbiotic relationship where it's like That's we great. want to spend time together but we don't mm -hmm. need each other yes um that's and so what did you call it interdependence interdependent yeah that's pretty cool but it's hard um mm -hmm. because i am because i really struggle with with being like, I need space and like, you're yeah. bugging me. And then, and then he leaves and I'm like, actually, can you come, can you come back now? Because I had to <laughs> myself and I'm fine. But I've lived alone for so long that yeah. I do think it's really hard. You know, I'm 36 and I've never really lived with a partner. And now we're in the process of moving in. And I, yeah, I periodically, like we go and look at places and I'm like, no, there's not enough privacy in this place. We need, no, we need more space. Ooh, wow. Are yeah. you a separate bedroom person? Oh, I actually just wrote an op-ed about this. I am oh, very nice. pro separate beds and separate bedrooms for a Oof. lot of reasons. Like Agreed. farting is a big one. And, <laughs> um, and also just sleep quality is another. Yeah. But I, the person I date is like so against it. So Oh. I, we don't have now we're dealing with double beds now in both of our places but we really need we went on holiday and we had one of those king beds that was actually mm. two mattresses and it was so good because it was like you have your own space yeah and we've even been talking about the european style of like we each have our own duvet so Ooh. i think that's going to be the compromise but are right. you separate beds or separate bedrooms i'm definitely for separate rooms because i feel like you nine times out of ten you wind up in the other person's room eventually anyway but i like the opportunity to go I'm going to go chill out in mine. I got to yeah. stay up later because I have a different schedule than most people do anyway. And I've always had that, like even when I was younger and wasn't yeah. doing stand up and staying up late, but I could accommodate. Like I was, oh, I always found myself accommodating for whoever I was dating because in my brain, I was like, they're the normal one. So right. you got to adjust to whatever. And now I am not like that at all. Now I'm like, this is what I do. And I'm going to stay up late. And if you want to go to bed, go to fucking bed. But you know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to wake anybody up either. Yeah. So like, I still want to be like courteous, but I also don't want to do that thing where like, you know, because I, 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 you know, used to have people be like, oh my God, like you wake me up or ba 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 when you can. And it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, I, all right. You know what I mean? I know it's, it sounds terrible, but it is one of those things where you're just like, I don't want to hear it. You know, I'm not a yeah. big arguer, but I like, I, I like, and it comes to like relationship shit. Like I'm pretty easygoing about most stuff, but I noticed that when you are like that people who are used to fighting especially if they had an ex that they used to fight yeah. with they don't understand it and they think there's a lack of emotion or or caring or whatever like that but i'm like oh i'm very like you know like i'll just go with the flow to a certain extent and you know it's just weird I, Do you I, go, with, go ahead oh no i was gonna say first of all i don't get the two of you 1950s 
two separate bed weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, and, but my wife is also, she probably leans more towards your size, side. With she doesn't like to be touched in her sleep, and I have a different language. I need a physical contact when you mm. when I'm going to bed. So if yeah. I don't have it, if I can't feel anybody near me, it freaks. I don't like it. It bothers me. Yeah, and it's funny because I think that's just that's like a mechanism that's in some people that isn't in other people. So like her nephew, my nephew, who I love to death, he has that same thing where he needs to, like if he's near you, he wants to touch you, be like hold your hand, yeah. do something. I'm like I get that. Like I yeah. need that mm. too. And then other people are very like. Please don't touch me. You're... I used to need it. I used to want like and like yeah. it, like whatever. I don't mind it necessarily. I don't mind. I like I like, you know, I like the cuddling for a little bit thing and then going. You're set. Mm -hmm. Like that's how she is. A, there's thing. a short window of like this is what this is for, and now I need to sleep. And also, I'm like a radiator. Like I mm. like that's just me too. You know, yeah. So like it's too fucking like you know like it's just too, uh, you know, it, it's just. I, I, I think, get it. Everybody needs their own sleep space. I think I am so frustrating this way for my boyfriend because I I change my mind and I change the rules about what I want all the time. So, <laughs> for example, <laughs> at first I I hate being spooned. Hate mm, it. Okay. Absolutely can't stand it. Makes me feel so claustrophobic. And he's a lot bigger than me, and he's these big tree trunk legs, and he's like. So into spooning. It's his dream <laughs> to spoon me. And so we get in these like battles where he's like, please, five minutes. Can I just do five minutes of a spoon? And I'll be like, oh, fine. And then I'll be like, oh, your leg's too heavy. I can't stand it. And then um, sometimes I'll wake up in the night and he'll be spooning me. And I'm like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And then, but then I feel totally free to absolutely maul him. And we we call it octopus, where I'm just like, I basically will sleep on him. Yeah. I'll maul him. I'll spoon him. And um, he just he just takes it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. It is a weird – I always find – my friends have weird dynamics in their relationships too. And some of them are – like if you – we talked about it before where like everybody's got their love language kind of thing, mm -hmm. which I do understand and I don't understand because I feel like it's – I don't like overcomplicating like somewhat simple things. Like when you're trying to understand what somebody wants – I feel like you can do it pretty easily. And then when you add in other language and terms, it's it provides this constant overthinking thing for some people where they're like they're they're trying to figure it out like a math problem. And it's kind of just like if you just listen, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can kind of figure this out. The functionality of the brain, right? Because I feel like I didn't get I had to read books. I feel like mm -hmm. younger me is not not me now, right? So like yeah, I yeah. didn't learn that, okay, you saying you love you in a certain way and them yeah. saying I love you in a different way. Right. And you're both like, they don't really mean it. No, no, no. We just don't understand how each other wants to communicate it. But I do think all of that comes back to like what you're like, mm. like I'm reaching out for what was lack. I, I believe that all that weird psychology, like whatever was lacking for me in my youth, I try to find and then da, 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 da. And then she's doing the same thing with in her life. And if yeah. you could figure it out, it makes it so much easier. Yeah. No? yeah. Well, I think. I, I know what you mean. Like, it's good to figure it out like to an extent too, but like, I've got friends who like, you know what it is? It's when people kind of half dip their toe into the psycho psychological aspect of it. And then they start diagnosing their friends and their people around them with only some of the information and not, and, mm. they're, and they're, it gets in a weird thing. My friends are obsessed yeah. with codependency now because they were, I noticed that they like to toss that word around a lot. And then they'll be like, so-and-so is codependent. I'm trying not to be codependent, but it, uh, and I want to be like, we're all, kind of codependent upon each other and it's not necessarily an evil 
thing that you have to be aware of. Like it's like anything else. If it's too much of it, obviously it's a bad thing, but it's not, not horrible to need somebody, you know? No, I feel right? like, like codependent on the podcast. I feel like if you didn't remind me to do this and I didn't say, Hey John, don't forget to do that. <laughs> yes. Things I agree. Get weird. They get Tom bad. and I are also, we're legally married. <laughs> uh, not by <laughs> we didn't, just, just for He's how just using me for my insurance. <laughs> Dude, if I fucking could, I would. You're not, I'm not even joking. That's not, that's an, a genuine option. <laughs> I've considered. Um, but yeah, do you feel like that's a, like the, the codependent? Like, do you think people get stuck on things trying to solve their relationship problems? Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, I think that I really get, you know, I really get this thing like, um, Tom, you're saying where having language can be so useful because things that you were taking really personally, you realize aren't personal. I've yeah. really appreciated it for that too. Like in the relationship I'm in, it's like, oh, when I do this, I'm like behaving in a certain way, like my eight-year-old self. Um, yeah. I'm essentially like a grown woman having a temper tantrum like that. You're actually dealing with an eight-year-old. And it's so, so much easier to be like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm not going to take this personally because you've been, you know, I don't like this word, but triggered in some way. Yeah, I hate that word. And too. and being yeah, being able to kind of recognize like, oh, the other person's like now having a little freak mm -hmm. out because of yeah. because of their past. Like that's really useful. But I do think, um, yeah, overthinking is <laughs> is an issue. And there's so much out there. And there's also mm -hmm. so much out there that we don't fully read or engage in. We yeah. see headlines or we see short little videos on social media and feel like we understand huge concepts that psychologists or psychiatrists right. have been trying to dissect and then disseminate for years and yeah yes yeah and i think that is problematic and the what? crazy thing you'd mentioned sorry you mentioned social media but like that's like that's an interesting point too because that's a codependent relationship that people have with something that can give nothing back to you like people find people wind up using it as like a salve for emotional wounds that cannot be healed by likes but they believe it can be whereas at least if you're working on a codependent kind of thing or interdependence, which I'm really going to use that word now yeah. um, with another human being, at least you're getting actual real time, real life emotional mm -hmm. feedback. It's very, sorry, Tom, I didn't mean to interrupt, but it was very oh, like, Oh, it's okay. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, um, hmm. Fuck. Did, Did we lose it? Train of thought. <laughs> I know. Social I, media likes. Yeah, there we go. Social media pre, likes. Pre likes, pre likes, pre likes. What were we talking about right before that? Um, Codependence, therapist. Oh, no. Yeah. So now you were talking about like concepts. So one concept oh. that I took in one of the books that I had that I read was that 90% of your anger comes from your own past. Like 10% is mm. what they did to trick. And I know I also don't like triggered, but it, it yeah. is. It, it's just bringing you back to another state and making you open an old wound in your own head so it's not yeah. really what she did like okay yeah. be, just because the dishes aren't washed that's not a big deal yeah. but and and i'd probably be the one with the not washing dishes but it's not a big deal it's just triggering you to something that brings you to a place that's bad for you and i feel like if you could if you could in real time say to yourself yeah they didn't mean that in that way yeah mm -hmm. it de-escalates so much yeah you know? and then, and then never, you're not yeah it's not in a conflict, conflict. And not unnecessarily. We had that this morning. My, yeah, my boyfriend's been under the weather this weekend. And so I've done all the, the cooking and the, and all the dishes. And so this morning I was washing the dishes and I just felt this like rage rising in me. <laughs> and I was like, I am becoming my mother. And my mom is, you know, she has a PhD in molecular biology. She's really wow. smart, worked full time, but like really held down the home front as well. Mm -hmm. And I was just yeah. like, I 
And he came <laughs> into the kitchen. And I was like, look, I know you're sick. And I know that, you know, you've done the, you've, uh, you usually do a lot of the dishes, but I would really appreciate hearing that you appreciate the fact that I'm doing the dishes. And then, <laughs> and I just delivered it very, very badly, which then <laughs> made him feel like he was getting scolded. And so then yeah. it's like half an hour later, it's like, oh yeah, I was really feeling like I was uh, becoming yeah. my mom. And then was- he. He had a thing that his mom used to scold him. So now that would that's gonna make him go crazy. And he's like, exactly. You can't scold me. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I'm under the weather. Like, what do you want? You told me that I should listen to my body, and now you're yelling at me for lying down. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. And we were we were saying, like, but if only we could get there faster, if only I could say, like, oh, I'm having a reaction instead of having to take it out on him first. Are you at that level, Tom? So well, oh. <laughs> real quick before Tom starts, can I tell you something right now? I do do that, and it also doesn't work. What? So I, I am very commute. Like I am so. I'll tell you just a few examples. John, I'm, I'm very, so very jealous. a communicative person. Like I, I believe because I just watched people. And again, you're non-reactive. I, I, like it doesn't. Bu- things don't bubble up in you. Um, no, not really. Oh, I mean, they did. God. I'm sure when I was younger, they kind of did from time to time or whatever, and I didn't realize it. But once I realized what's going on, but I mean, like I like to go like okay i'm feeling this why am i feeling this but and i would say it and i can tell you now that has backfired on me in relationships so much where they're like no. you're a little too chatty for a guy like with your um with your and i swear to fucking god like that's like the thing where i've like had to readjust or try to readjust and learn like oh i guess like people don't usually talk as much as i do about it that must be driving them crazy but it's funny for me to hear that that is what people should do because i do do that i go like Oh man, I'm feeling this, and I think it's because you did this. And they're like, "Yeah, I don't care, because uh, <laughs> you're not supposed to care about it, or you're supposed to." Yeah, like it, it, it never works for me. Sorry, mm. that was, that's, no yeah. need to apologize. But that's do you the, say yeah. I feel this because you did that, or do you say I feel this because? Oh I no, I say why I'm feeling it. I think okay, like yeah. like this like you did it th- like whoever it is. It could be anybody. It doesn't even have to be in a relationship. But I'd be like, oh fuck, like. Yeah you know, uh, this happened. And I realized later on that I felt like this because of this, like, it's obviously this thing. I'm sorry. I can't help feeling like this. So I was in a mood. Um, but it's obviously, this is the train of thought and they're just like, Oh, all right. And then they'll just like, they don't, they don't know what to do with the, the knowledge or they feel like they're supposed to do something with it. And I'm like, no, I'm just fucking relaying information. Like, that's all. Like, I feel like that's not a bad way to be. It is. I would really appreciate that. You would, I would hope so. But we're, <laughs> that's, you know what, people, I find that uh, women that I'm not dating appreciate it. And then when I'm actually, when I actually choose somebody to date, not so much. I think I could tell mm-hmm. you why. Because I feel like, I think the reason for that is, because this happens with us sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're you're doing that in the moment when tension is still too high. You ah. need to let it cool, then come back, then have the discussion. Mm. When people aren't on a defensive posturing. Because it's like being in the middle of a battle. And being like, well, we could have avoided all this if we just did this. And you're like, no, I'm, my sword's going to go right through you right um, now. And then we'll talk. I'll but tell you, my, one of my things is I like to fix things immediately. So like, my, I, I'm already processing whatever's going on really quickly and trying to disseminate and figure out like, okay, this is what's going on here. This is going on there. How do I de-escalate and move this down? And the other person, whether, again, whether I'm in a relationship or so they're like a best friend of mine or whatever, they're not that quick to process yet. So I had to learn a raging. long time ago to be like, this person needs time doing it. And even though I'm already moved past it or like figured out what's going on, not a good time to bring it up. And I, I it's a weird to me. I don't know why my, I just, I just, yeah, this way my brain works. I just go, 
like bah, 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 bah. and then oh my god okay figured it out we're good i can fix this and they're not ready to fix anything it's like being on the spectrum of autism because you're like i'm not gonna get my emotions involved <laughs> in this at all no i don't I'm even gonna mind, just tell like, you the factual reason why that happened yeah well, that I mean, person's like just in a rage she just broke a glass <laughs> she's mad but see to me that's right like i can't stand like i have a real problem with like irrational shit where like I understand that everybody has it. I've got it too from time to time. I don't know if you've noticed my Facebook feed. Um, but I uh but like irrational stuff, like I try to like diffuse it and it never people just wanna have their fucking day. I don't know. People definitely I well, I it sounds like you you go into a cognitive place very, very quickly. Yeah. I think I put it like this, but I'm a very emotional person. I mean, part mm. of the reason I wrote this book, which is like trying to understand relationships mathematically, is because I was like, I think I'm dangerously emotional like my you know my brother okay. has said to me you come in here and you dominate everything with your feelings mm -hmm. and it's too much um and so there's been some effort to kind of like weigh uh or balance out both those things but i do still feel in my life if if i'm allowed if i can allow myself to just like get the emotion out in a short burst then it's very easy for me to flip into a kind of like cognitive logical place right. but if i don't get to have that release then I'm a nightmare. Wow. Because I'm okay. I understand like, that though. I'm like I'm like trying to like push something down and being like, ah! mm -hmm. yeah. I feel like I've been these stages throughout certain things. And like again, I, I always think about like, oh, maybe I should go to therapy. And I'm like, ah, fuck it, I don't want to go to therapy. Like I should go to therapy for other reasons, by the way. But I mean, like, Everyone I've done should it. should go to therapy because it's so interesting. Yeah. yeah and like, that. but it's a weird it. yeah. Yeah. It's a weird place, like, um, even like relationship-wise, I think, just because. Like I, I've done, I, I felt like I've been all those things in all different periods. And I don't know if I'm repressing it at this point in the game where I'm like, my brain is automatically like control all deleting. We're, you know what I mean? Where I'm just like, and we're going to skip this Bing, and then that's it. Like it just swipes left and shit, mm -hmm. um, which is not a great place to be. I don't think either. Cause then you're just not like, you know, experience it. But I, but as far as like, um, Oh God, being overly emotional. I've, I've been like, if I'm in a relationship and I really like somebody, I know immediately. Mm -hmm. So there's like no way, there's no way around that where I'm just like, oh yeah, this is a thing. And then um, I feel like you should be a team and you're on this kind of thing or whatever. I feel like no, I, I'm the too much. Or I've been the too much person. And I don't ever feel like there's somebody else that matches that. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Gonna... You feel like I am willing to go all in mm -hmm. and be like it's you it's everything it's you right. let's do this like let's like hold hands and run in the direction into the same direction yeah. at lightning speed and the other person's like well hold on a second i don't know if i want to run like maybe i can right. walk and i don't know if i want to hold your hand maybe i could just like walk beside you for a bit and right. like hold on i just need to pack a bag first um yeah. yeah and i've had those moments in in relationships stuff like that that have been great and there's like periods of time that are like that and then of course obviously they've ended shocker yeah um but i mean like i've had all those experiences and now i'm just like i don't care like i'm not thinking about it like it's fine like i don't know but then i'm like oh i don't have any like meaningful relation obviously it's COVID, so it's a little weird time but um but can i toss out that possibly the reason that the person that you're the person won't react with the same energies because you're choosing a person that doesn't have the energy that would match that energy. I completely agree. I'm total garbage at picking people. But it's not garbage. It's, there's reasons you're attracting towards certain things. You need to figure that out in yourself first. I'm gonna and that's what that therapy happens. is good for. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> I was like, I already gave up. And she's like, and that's what you need to. And I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> and then if you get the chapter 10 of my book, you know. 
<laughs> I'm going to read this. I, I love, <laughs> I love the idea that you went back and interviewed. Cause do you have good relationships with um, your exes? I do have good relationships with Same. a lot of them. Yeah. Not Close in them. like, not in a way where I'm actively in touch with a lot of them, but mm -hmm. you know, I mentioned I live in the UK now and with two of them who I write about in the book, when they were visiting London, they reached out and were like, Oh, I'm in the city. And I would have dinner with them and hang out with them. And that was really nice. And when I reached out, I re so there's eight that I talk about in the book and five that I interviewed. Hmm. And there's only one who I was like, oh, I'm not going to reach out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all of them are, are all well there's one who i'd be a little afraid to run into now um but after the book or before the book after the book oh all right. wow you put him out there now we really gotta read this <laughs> um <clears throat> but yeah most of them if i ran into them i would be glad to see them my heart still might beat a bit fast because it's always kind of jarring seeing someone that you used to date especially someone you used to love um do you do you still have like uh does it, do you have a like a memory thing for that because i don't really no nothing i feel like once you if you then i don't believe you really loved anybody because i feel like once you love somebody <laughs> what a dick <laughs> yeah but um but that's the whole thing no. like you're never not gonna but it'll be a different love it won't yeah. be a oh i mean I, love yeah that's what love. i mean i mean i don't have like the the memory receptors for like like i can like go like oh i felt strongly for this person at one time and you still have like an affection mm -hmm. i just don't ha i just don't know what it felt like to be head over heels do you mean and i feel like some people can do that what? Do you mean? Do you maintain con does like all of your exes? Are you still cool with everybody? Yeah, we're still cool, well, except for like two. But like, and not even because of any particular reason. This one, I've had exes that have cheated on me who have reached back out and we're fine and we've talked it over because I have no. It doesn't make any sense to me to be like, yeah, when we were nineteen, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have any, I don't have any emotional connection to any of the pain either, though, because mm. I'm just like I'm who I am now. They're who they are. Like. Like, I, you know, what am I going to do? Call their husband and be like, you know, in 19, uh, no, 19, but we know whatever. Like in <laughs> in 1993. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah not that. But like, but you know, like it's just you're different people now. So it, it it's fine. I do have like, um, I'm still attracted to them most of the time. Like something or whatever. You're like, oh, my God, I remember why we used to hook up or we were dating or whatever. But I don't have like that emotional, like, mm -hmm. you know, um, response to it. It's weird. I write about in the book this thing that my mathematician and I call the Martha card. Martha from the Tom Waits song. I don't know if you know oh, that song. Oh, yes. Great. So I love Tom Waits. He right, he has this song. It's this man who calls this woman that he dated 40 years before. And he's kind of been thinking about her all this time. Anyway, we one of my exes who I write about in the book, I dated in my early 20s for three years. Kind of my first adult relationship and first like devastating heartbreak. Mm -hmm. And... I hadn't thought about him in quite a while when we spoke, but it was really nice speaking with him. And I really remembered through that conversation why I had loved him so much and sort of the good things in that relationship really came to the surface. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to get back together with him, but I was just, I found myself lying in the conversation, yeah. trying to say things that would impress him. And I realized, you know, he's an impressive person who mm. I desire to impress kind of no matter what. And afterwards, I was I was thinking there are those few people who who no matter what the outcome with them is, they occupy a space in us that no one else can touch. Right. And there is something in that that is kind of divine. Right. right, and, right. Yeah. and then I thought, OK, it's that it is that Martha feeling of. I'm married now. I have this whole other life, but there, there is still part of me that is that loves you and mm -hmm. that is kind of reserved for you, if only in a very minuscule way. Yeah. I like that. I, I get that when I hear like a certain set like Martha or um, 
uh, uh, North Country Fair or whatever. Like I'll like there's songs that'll take me back to when like I can relate to a song through a memory. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, OK, this is when I dated this person and I remember how that felt. But it's like I don't know if my brain just automatically puts it where like that's over and it has to be over. And it's like a mental block on it or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's a really weird. That's a weird thing. Cause I know other people like right back in there, they'll tell me, people will tell me about relationships they had when they were like 17 and they'll be like, Oh man, like if I saw this person today and I'm like, really? I got fucking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's coming up. I feel like it'd be cool to see somebody, but I, I wouldn't like, I don't know. I, I would be, I would be far removed from whatever it is. You know, what's funny. I feel like the way you had that feeling about that one person's mother or that father had about you. Josh, oh yeah. I feel like, I have that with like different, almost like your yard sale, like with different yeah. aspects, but they're not material items. Mm. Yeah. So like one, I really miss like her grandma. The other one, I really miss like the dogs, like all different, like random, right? Yeah. Like random things that hold a little more in you. But it's yeah. interesting. Like, but I'm a weirdo too, because I feel like I still maintain contact with a lot of like all the families I ever became part of. Yeah. I'm still cool with like my first girlfriend's entire family, except for her, was at my wedding. Mm -hmm. so wow. yeah. uh, i guess that's a testament right i dj'd uh an ex's wedding because they oh couldn't afford gosh. a dj and they were like she was like would you do me a salad and like i don't even dj all i did was bring an ipod and then fuck around with the music and like but i had like a system or whatever and then the um it's really funny her hits her ex-husband at the time now which works out for me um but they uh why does that work they, out for you i'm just kidding it doesn't really i'm, I'm a piece of shit uh so, no. no it doesn't work out no they they, they did it, it was a while ago it's not like okay. an open wound she's not gonna watch this and be like what the fuck like it was a while ago okay. she's with somebody else now it's fine i'm good anyway uh so so she uh yeah so but the guy at the time i could tell was not privy to me being there and i was like oh this is fun and awkward and i enjoyed every minute like you know what i mean but like but that's the relationship i have with my with my like exes and stuff like that or people i've like dated for a little bit because i don't know it, unless it ended horribly which not a lot of them did like i think again i was good at the communication part so if it was like kind of over i think there wouldn't be any way to like you know i would just be like yeah i don't know what's going on or if they said it needed to end i'd just be like yeah i get it yeah <laughs> like and it would suck and hurt or whatever but i was like there's really no there's no reason to like, you know, flip out over it. I'm dying to know what are the eight items from the boy. You don't have to tell oh. us the stories, but I want to know the items. Okay, I'll tell you the items. The first one is a mixtape made by my high school boyfriend, which has his right. commentary between the tracks where he, you know, like spoke it. And then he he recorded music that he downloaded from the internet, put on That's a CD, really put it on a tape. It's very special. Um, no way you I got rid of that, by the way, but go ahead. No, 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 no. They're tied up in a larger investment now, which is this project. They're all NFTs. <laughs> um. <laughs> then I have a, a necklace, this like white gold, sapphire and diamond necklace. Mm. I have a denim Herschel backpack um, from before they went mainstream. Really nice. Right. Really nice one. Uh, I have a bicycle. I have a really nice like uh, Sears Canada bicycle. I wow. have a vintage um, typewriter. Oh, no way. Yeah, beautiful typewriter. I have a ukulele that was made in Romania. Wow. I have a um, this like jewelry box that was made by this Finnish ceramicist. <laughs> and I have this uh, Royal Canadian Navy t-shirt. Wow. So that's so some of the that's items awesome. are obviously more sentimental and some are of more monetary value. But yeah, yeah, that's what they are. 
That's really Very cool. interesting. I can't wait to find the backstories in the ex-boyfriend yard sale. I'm just realizing I got garbage gifts from people I fucking dated. Like, those are nice. <laughs> I was like, God damn. That's a good list. I'm like, I think I got like an X-Men figure and a, I don't know. Do you remember uh, presents from X's? I don't remember anything. Not really. I don't think they mean, I, they, I don't know if they, do you find that they, do they, you know what actually things that mean stuff is when, um, uh, like a watch or like a jacket, like there's something about like clothing. Mm. Like, especially winter clothing. I think there's like an affection thing I have with like somebody giving you something to keep you warm. I treasure it. Like, very nice. Yeah. yeah. I have like scarves that people have gotten me. And I'm like, oh, I'm I never got, getting rid of that scarf. I got one of my exes a scarf. And when I interviewed him, he, I was saying, oh, yeah, the backpack, you know, you gave it to me. And he said, yeah, you know, every time winter comes around and I pull out the scarf from Dublin. And I was like, what scarf? And he's like, you got me a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> that just shows your impact, right? Like, yeah. I'm giving the gift. And I, you think, there's so much about relationships that that existed in the past that you only remember a portion of. And so my whole story, my whole view of these relationships could be entirely different to someone else's memory, which is also just a very interesting thing. I got something fucked up to tell you about a scarf. Um, uh, it's not a David Carradine situation to wear. Um, I just realized that I didn't <laughs> I didn't really finish it fast enough. Or I was like, weird story about a scarf uh, and an open door. Um, but I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, the, m m I was dating this girl at the time and she was like, before we officially started dating, she was seeing this other dude. And I was just like, you know, in the beginning I was like, I don't know what it's going to be like. So it's fine. Like, I don't know. But then I started to have like real feelings, did the whole thing. And then we decided we were going to date in the meantime, she decided to make him like a scarf or like an, a wool, like a, and a hat kind of a thing. And I did not get a fucking thing. And I thought, and, and that was a time that I was like, uh, do you not understand how fucked up that is? And she was like, no, I don't see anything wrong with it. Why would I? And I'm like, so the guy you were fucking before me, before we became official, now gets this thought out, well-made gift. I get fucking nada. You know what I mean? Like, out of the, You're left I, in the cold. Bing? Hey, yeah, good point. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's why I'm walled off as a person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all about the scarf. But yeah, that was and like, that's uh, why scarves are so important to you. You see, maybe. we found the uh, memory. Now I hope I hope you get some scarves from listeners. I hope you get some woolly hats <laughs> and some scarves and some mitts and some nice cozy sweaters. You heard her. You heard her, guys. Come on, <laughs> start sending shit. To Somebody get to the goodwill. Yeah, send it to dystopia tonight. <laughs> we need a P.O. box now that yeah, way I don't have to give randos my address anymore this episode brought to you by North Face want to stay warm <laughs> oh that's so great um, well listen I it's been over an hour I don't want to know I don't know if you can hang out anymore if you're uh, uh, looking a piece but um, I've got a few more questions before you go if you okay, want great I have to okay. go in 15 minutes Fantastic. This will take less time than that because we have staples that we ask every guest. Uh, first question is, what uh, if you go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself today that would help you? Don't worry so much about doing things right. Hmm. I like that. Question authority. Cool. Um, that's a great advice. And then uh, what had to end in your life, good or bad? that would that led you to where you are today could be professional could be personal every single relationship that i had nice with a romantic partner <laughs> <laughs> awesome um and then the last question is one 
uh, so basically, if you were living in a real dystopia, mm. alien zombies, volcanoes, climate change, whatever it is, total destruction, uh, what would be your epic death? How would you want to go out? Oh, God, I lose sleep picturing my own death. I think about my own death all the time. I have ever since I was a child. I'd have wow. reoccurring dreams of being buried alive. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. I still, That's if any time I see a cement on a TV show, I just picture a, my body being thrown into cement and knowing that I'm going to die and having like cognitive awareness of it and having to reconcile myself to the oh fact that God. there's nothing I could do to stop it. I also have it about drowning. I, I had it about drowning. Yeah, I have it like this or like watching uh, scenes in TV shows where someone's like in a car underwater. It's, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I used to think about the car going off of a bridge every time and how I, what I would have to do to get out, like how I would have yeah. to break the window. And I've actually Googled like what parts of the window you need to hit and how much time you need to wait because it like freaks me out. Yeah, it's horrifying. Yeah. Um, but an apocalyptic death. So I would want to not know that I'm dying. I think in my real life, I want to have an illness know that I'm dying and get to really have an interesting experience of like reconciling with my death and being like, I'm enjoying my death. I'm having an interesting time contending with the fact that it's coming and accepting it. But mm -hmm. if it's going to be a kind of accident death, then I want it to be one hit and done. So um, I don't know. Can I be like hit with like a piece of volcanic ash and instantly <laughs> killed? Sure. Yeah, that works. We like that. That's fair. Perfect. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. I feel like we could have talked for another, you know, fucking three hours. So that was great. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Thank awesome. you. It was such a pleasure to meet you. And yeah. everybody, make sure you check out the ex-boyfriend yard sale. Where's the best place to get it? Amazon or straight to Ooh, website? Amazon, you can get it, but you can also get it at Barnes and Noble or nice. yeah, wherever you get books. You can go to your local bookshop and just ask them to order it for you and they will. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming out with us. We yeah. appreciate you being here, Hallie. Thanks. We'll definitely see you soon. Great talking to you. Peace. Bye. Bye. Dystopia tonight.